0: he went around all the rooms and did the usual sort of blessing and he got to that room and he turned to them and he said why didn't you tell me about this and they said <laughs> what there's something in here that's not human i'm gonna need to be in here a while
1: and welcome back that is where we left you last time the priest is about to enter the room in Bethan's old house and face whatever is in there. So if you haven't listened to part one, you better go back now and catch up on what's going on. We'll also be talking more to Reverend Peter Laws and posing some serious and some seriously silly questions submitted to us by our listeners. So, welcome back to Eerie Essex.
0: Them downstairs, and he was in there for over an hour. He did a full exorcism on the room, and they heard it shouting. They heard him shouting at it to leave, and like things were shaking on the walls. And he came down. He looked really ill. He said he it had fought him, but not physically, like mentally. And he was really ill. He had to sit down and everything. He said it's gone, but it didn't work. It was a it was a tough fight, and he was ill for a while afterwards. And the room was fine, warm, nothing. Wow.
2: That's an amazing story, (laughs)
0: by the
2: way. I appreciate living in it. It's probably not that amazing. It's probably quite. Was it? Did you find the whole thing stressful? Like when you look back on it, does it feel like a traumatic experience or is it a.
0: I kind of love telling the story of it. So I was scared at the time and then kind of thought it was cool as well because me and Zoe and I oh I had to come cling to my mum because I told it on an ASAP conference and I forgot she was in the audience. Oh
1: do you remember that? Yeah. Mm. I, think, I Oh, think I got a again, in afterwards. We were still waiting for uh, you to get the, the word back from, from Danny. So I had to turn my sound off and put my, like, I kept on turning it back on and you were still talking. It was like, no, I can't hear this. Yeah, Danny, you had your shot
0: if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait for you forever. This
1: I'm is- so <laughs> glad I finally heard it. Yes, it's incredible.
2: And it's, it's so multi-layered. And what's great about it is that you've got multiple witnesses seeing these yeah. things. Yeah. And and the and, and the fact that you didn't tell the the, the vicar,
0: I know, you know he sensed it. On. He That's... said that uh, that he did a lot of exorcisms when he was in South Africa. Very people were very more in tune with like raw natural energies and spirits.
2: Yeah, and yes.
0: So he was called out a lot for that. Whereas here mm-hmm. we're more we're 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 too blind to it. He found so when it happens, it doesn't happen that often because we're too easy to do Nah, 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 nah But yeah, as soon as he got to that room, he was like this is demonic. What? What? Why didn't you tell me?
2: If, if I said it could be, a, it can't necessarily, but if it could be arranged for you to have three more months of that experience, just as a kind of interested person, you know, because you're interested in these sorts of things and you could have it again. Let's say in your house, you could pick a room. Would you have it again?
0: I would, but not near my children.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So if I could go away for three months and just live in it, you two could come with me. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're already going walking through the woods. We'll just yeah, you know, we might as well, <laughs> st- <laughs> might as well stick and, around. And the itinerary. Um,
2: that, that, that's a good point about kids because that's similar to me. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm kind of a bit cautious about doing certain things because in my mind I have that thought of uh, haunted mansion style. What happens if you take something home with you? Mm. Um, and it's actually
0: that's so a question way. from the uncanny community. Oh yeah have you ever Have you ever felt like you've taken anything home with you?
2: Um, no, but I suppose that there have been things sometimes that have happened in houses I've lived in, which if I wanted to, I could tell them in a, in a way that sounded like it was poltergeist activity. But from things like uh, even even just, just two weeks ago, I was working on a podcast and uh, I heard things like some some things falling inside the house. And I was like, what the heck's going on? I went up and looked through all the house and I couldn't find anything but um, and I mentioned this in the podcast because I, I just did a pod a new podcast about a, a poltergeist case in um California, and uh, and she when she initially saw something, she just laughed it off, and I also just laughed this off. I just thought, oh, <laughs> poltergeist, and because there was some sort of psychological protection mechanism, because to actually think it could be that is too much for me because I'm I have a family in this house, so yeah, you um, don't
0: want to encourage yeah. that
2: but but th- but those sorts of things have happened before and there was a there was a day a couple of years ago where it's it's up there but some somebody sent me a witch bottle through the post and um it was uh it t- it turned out to be a prank and I didn't know this at the time but it arrived and it was this really creepy witch bottle and it came in this anonymous box and inside it said uh it's, it, there's a handwritten letter saying we're a family we've moved into a farmhouse and we've discovered this witch bottle and um we were seeing these strange figures in our house for the last two weeks and it was getting stressed stressing us out and we understand that you are a member of the clergy but also you're interested in these things so we thought you might like to have it and so, so they said it to me and i was for two weeks i didn't know what this was and i was contacting my publishers because my last novel was just coming out which is about demonic possession and there was um there's, there's some haunted objects in that. And I thought, this is a really clever little bit of marketing that you've sent this to me because it's so authentic. I mean, you rattle it, it's got a tooth in it. Uh, but, uh, and then I discovered it was a cryptozoologist friend of mine who <laughs> who travels the world and he'd gotten an artist to make this thing. But the reason I mentioned that is because on the day it came, 20 minutes before it arrived, I dropped a knife while I was um, doing the washing up. I dropped the knife and the knife fell on the floor and it just started spinning like that. And I filmed it. But again, I just said, what an interesting quirk of physics. <laughs> and, and just dismissed it. So in answer to the question, have you ever had weird things in your house? Nothing that has not been able to succumb to my relentless rationalization of it. Who knows the night is young. <laughs> uh,
1: I was going to say, it's a good thing. It, it was a prank, really, because those bottles are usually, well, they're quite often full of wee. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well,
2: glad I didn't put it on my... <laughs> readies um but weird Beth when you told when you told your story i did get a shiver i must oh i got a few shivers in your story particularly the crawling up bit but um yeah. i did get a, a bonus shiver i wasn't expecting which is when you described the thing about um the things being turned upside down mm. because uh i did for my book the frighteners i was supposed to be going to a place which was scary at nighttime and i and i went to a place called clop hill there's, a, there's an old church in Clop Hill, which is in Bedfordshire. And it's notorious for grave desecrations. It's and it's a really fascinating story. Um, but anyway, known for like weird paranormal things. And I arranged to stay over there at like on midnight. And I went there by myself. Again, discovered that I don't like doing these things by myself because it's too scary. But um, I was staying in a little kind of eco pod thing where it's right next to the church. And after I'd been over there for like half an hour and getting a bit freaked out, I went back to my room and I thought, right, that's it then. That's the end of that. But as I was lying in my bed, I started hearing footsteps around my ecopod. And this was like two in the morning. And I'm like, who the heck's that? And I started getting a bit nervous and looking around. And this is so when you were describing the footsteps, it was like that coming around the house. Throwing the pod. And then I just thought, no, no, it's nothing. Again, it's the person who runs this place or whatever. Put my headphones in, fell asleep, and I woke up the next day. And when I came out the next day, the number um, that was on my door was upside down.
1: What number and was I was
2: it? like, and I don't. I
1: was it remember. a nine? Yeah, it I was. Thinking it's, it's like inside number
0: nine.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't. I can't remember it being anything significant because I think I would have lodged in my head, which is like it, became, it was nine nine nine, and it became six six six. It was nothing significant, but I just thought those were absolute real things. That the thing was upside down, and there was definitely footsteps in a notorious place for the paranormal. But that was a place where, because of the grave desecrations, the local vicar. This was in the nineteen sixties, and there was a local coven that were involved in in digging up these graves and setting the and school children were finding the skulls and stuff all like laid out in weird formations. And so the local vicar would go up and he would sit there and he, it would, he would be tasked with guarding the church because this was an abandoned church and they had a new church built in town. And so we'd, he, bless him, he would sit there up, up until two or three in the morning by himself, just oh. sitting and watching in the deepest ditch of the night, um, waiting for the desecrators to come. And they would be like, right it's not happening. I'll go home. Trudged back home at like two or three in the morning, went back at like six the next day and it had been done. Aww. So they'd so they been waiting. They'd been watching oh, and waiting for him to go. And he kept doing that. But then he started to take the bones of one of the desecrated women, uh, women's graves and would take them around the, the local pubs and would get a free pint because he'd say, I've got the skull of so and so in the in the boot of the car. Do you want to see it? If you give me a free pint. And so he would show these things. But it was it was yeah it was it was it was tough on him. And then and then his his daughter was tragically killed in in a car accident around right. the same sort of time. That's oh. a really fascinating place and story. But I was told when I was there I wasn't allowed to write about it because there was some sort of media embargo on on the place. So that's why mm. I came up with something else. But but anyway, so the do you ever get called out to down? cases?
0: You know, like your character, Matt Hunter.
2: Do you ever yeah, yeah, get yeah.
0: called out to cases?
2: Well, not not mass, not really. Um, but I have had experiences where, like, there was a, a woman who was seeing um and hearing things in her house um and mocking voices. And this was a person who had been, I can't go into too much detail, but she lived in a certain country overseas where she'd been forced to worship idols, wooden idols. She didn't want to do that, but the the people she worked for made her do it. And um, she believed that the spirits of these idols had followed her to England, and so um, she had these horrible experiences. Them always mocking her all the time. But with that, of course, well, I'm I'm the, I'm of the opinion that you have to involve professionals, medical professionals. Mm. So w- alongside a yes. GP and and, and therapists mm. and stuff. But I did, you know, pray for her because she needed that and wanted that, and that seemed to help. But and there was another time um, when I, I was asked to do a marriage for someone do a marriage. Is that the right term? (laughs) Marry them, you know, to do the the ceremony. I don't do all that sort of stuff anymore these days because I do most like writing and stuff. So I don't, I kind of say that just in case people out there go, oh, I'll ask him to marry me. I don't really do that sort of stuff that much anymore, but I was doing it then. And I used to do marriage classes before people got married, which people can sometimes think is a bit like, you're testing me out or something, but you'd be amazed at once you sit down with a couple and say things like, have you thought about having children? how do you feel about each other's parents are you going to share money you know how how do you feel about sex how do you, and, and be, just talk about these open things where you would start to see couples say i i don't want kids <laughs> neither were i do want and and you'd start they hadn't talked about the important stuff and occasionally they would not want to get married anymore <laughs> so i went to this couple i went to this couple's house who wanted to get married and i was sitting with them and talking to them and i had this sense that i didn't think it was right but i i didn't know it was my place to say anything anyway they they dropped out of each other very soon after so i was my instincts were right but on the night i just i offered to pray for them for like a, to bless them you know because normal people and then i think she stopped me in the street a week later and she said thanks so much for praying in our house because now the the, the dark figure that comes into my child's room it doesn't do that anymore and I was like, "What? Sorry, <laughs> I, hadn't even, I, hadn't, right. I hadn't even. I didn't know anything about that. I just prayed for a blessing on them, you know, and their family. But yeah, sure enough, That's they incredible. said there was this. The, there was something in their house that they didn't tell me about, but it had gone. Oh. So this is the irony, because like things that like I, I find this fascinating when you hang out in, in like uh, paranormal circles. Often, like the God thing is really the most, the least cool, the least persuasive, and the least, you know, credible." View. So I've had, com- oh, you're doing Bethan?
1: Yeah. <laughs> sorry. sorry. So, motivated us. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 talking about God. So, here we go. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've, I've had conversations, you know, in some sort of paranormal circles where you might say, hey, do you think it's possible? Like the world could have been created by some sort of intelligent force. It doesn't have to be a typical God with a big beard, but you know this element of design could it be and then you get kind of laughed at saying like you believe that and then in the same breath it's like but i believe the royal family are lizards or <laughs> i you know i believe like fairies exist and stuff and i'm not yeah. trying to say that that's a stupid well the lizard thing is maybe but <laughs> but it's a ama- it's amazing how the god thing is is really not credible mm. until and this happens again and again, where people have these experiences in their homes, and they 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 suddenly invite, well, like your vicar friend, you know, who comes in and and something can change. I don't think you have to be a vicar, by the way, to pray for these things. Hmm. You, you know, I mean, you can. There's no there's no barrier between us and God. If if God exists, of course, he might not. But if he does, I think anyone can pray. Uh, you don't have to have a qualification to to do that. Did that answer Man, the question? Yeah, there yeah. is actually.
0: That <laughs> leads it quite nicely into our next theme. What are your thoughts on fairies and gnomes and goblins and that whole plethora of fairies, ancient... gnomes, and
2: goblins? Um I. Oh well, yeah, oh am my I am. <laughs> I, I, um, I I don't want to offend anyone here, but I have to say, kind of in the um in the whole kind of categorization of paranormal things, and if you were to say which are the ones that you find least persuasive, it's that. Well, that's sorry. That's one of them. That's just one of them. But that's only because I'm not massively interested in fantasy and folklore. And I find and by uh, well, by fantasy I don't mean fairies of fantasy, but I mean I I'm not interested in Lord of the Rings. I'm not interested. In, I know, I know. I I you know I I I watched. Broke
1: Bethan's of, heart. <laughs> I know. I watched a
2: couple of the films. I just got kind of bored. Um, I'm not interested in like you know stories about like goblins and all this sort of jazz. I like science fiction, I like horror, but I'm not really into fantasy. So fairies feel like they're in that world. And so I've seen, yeah, people do talks and say, look, elementals exist and they'll show a picture and it kind of looks like a moth or something, but I don't know. Like maybe the, I'm I'm open-minded, but, uh, but that, yeah, I, I'm not as, Perhaps
0: won't share my story then.
2: Well, <laughs>
0: but, but when I say
2: I'm open minded, I literally have not really looked into it because I'm not into the aesthetic. Does that make sense? I'm not into. It's the really aesthetic. interesting. Yeah, yeah it, and and maybe I I, I if so I don't talk- think
0: Elsie, you when we started going through things, I think of all of them, I think Elsie, you were least convinced. Am I right by the fairy thing? But the more we looked into it, the more interesting it got.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I. I I find it interesting, but I don't know how I feel about it. But I do like the idea that, and again, I'm still on the skeptical side about everything here.
2: Yeah.
1: But I like that I the the, um, the idea that we kind of started going through because of Hellier, where the boundary of that between a UFO experience and a sort of fairy experience stops and starts, and then that kind of mm. gets into everything with where's the boundary between that and a poltergeist? Where's the boundary between that and a demon experience? They have very similar as to them and they all kind of blur sometimes mm-hmm. and is that something that does that mean that they're all connected or does that mean that we mistake one for the other
2: yeah that's a good way of putting yeah. it i think I'm, I'm similar and and also it can really come down to just linguistics really because like if, if you forget the word fairy and if you're saying is it possible for supernatural creatures to exist and they're small <laughs> so well i guess so why not (laughs) they don't have to be human sized but it's it's when i start thinking of things like you know winks and um like uh tinkerbell and 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 that that's Mm. sort of like more classic very rarely get
0: that in real that that's very romanticized or victorian i mean yeah yeah the the cotton have you ever listened to the modern yeah which was fake exactly yeah um but have you ever listened have you ever listened to the more i'm gonna name drop now because I love her. Uh, Modern Fairy Sightings podcast by Joe Hickey Hall.
2: No, I must admit.
0: Oh, it is really good. It is really good. She like takes, she looks at like real encounters that people have had and they're quite scary. I mean, what you saw on that rooftop could even like cross over into the fae. Oh my, don't say it's that. Very...
2: That's going to be like, imagine <laughs> if it turned out like that was what happened. I'd seen some sort of weird, you know. Adult fairy. But but that's just what I mean by its linguistics. It's ultimately mm. like once once you accept the possibility that this that no, this is not all we see, then really all better off. Um and it's just how we categorize mm. them. So so I suppose it's the category, the word fairy, just it, it has a lot of cultural baggage for me.
1: It's like um when we were doing the poltergeist episode, we found that in some uh, some places they were calling them jinn. Yeah. Oh yeah, in a, like Islam believe yeah. in mm. in
2: jinn. The I mean, there was disturbed. a ca-
1: there was a case where um, a Muslim man came into a house that had been suffering with like a poltergeist infestation, and he went, "Oh, you've got a gin in here," mm-hmm. and that word hadn't cropped up to that point. And then there was a whole culturally different set of beliefs about how to deal with that compared yeah. to what they had been told yeah. already because of the pol- because they, they were told it was a
0: poltergeist. Yeah. Some um like poltergeist activity. If you take away the word poltergeist, it could be brownie, it could even be aliens messing with your house. I mean, th- th- that that yeah. kind of activity fits in all of those because yes. I was contacted recently by netflix about the Broadhaven ufo incident okay 50 school children and this whole village saw this was that in south africa no 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 this was in wales why they came to me oh i see right and this was in the 70s of course it was yeah they they wanted to know what the folklore of fairy were in the the area because they wanted to to try and have a look at um, how far back these sightings went they may have been called i mean when we did a ufo episode we found that The word the term UFO only got you so far in the newspaper records. Mm -hmm. You then had to get more creative because then before 1950 you had to put flying saucer. You had to put weird lights in the sky, Mm -hmm. and then even before that it was like strange stars. So the word UFO just only gets you back so far. So I mean, they could have. I mean, at one point they were called fairies. They were called gin. They had all these different names. So as you say, it's linguistics.
2: Yeah. No, I I I totally agree with that. I, I think that's that's a totally fair point. Um it's so it's so i'm i'm quite open to something supernatural being labeled certain ways in certain times and so if people want to call them fairies like what what's what's so bad about that but it's just the it's the when i think of the fairy like world i kind of have this image of like there's a, there's a king and a queen fairy and they have these they're dressed in leaves. And yeah, they're dressed in leaves. And, and and they, they have or these they're stealing much,
0: potatoes. They live in
2: they little houses them. and all these sorts <laughs> of things, which and I don't say that to mock them. It's just like I maybe I've been programmed to see that as a fairy tale, if you pardon mm-hmm. the pun. And it's, so it's, it's much easier for me to talk about things like uh, aliens or, or demons, ghosts and stuff, because that has a sort of an inherent persuadability,
0: maybe. Have you ever seen a UFO?
2: when i was little i did i i on christmas eve i thought i saw Santa's sleigh <laughs> oh. no, yeah I, I i used to um sit on my windowsill and read stephen king books by the light of the by the light of the uh the street lamp because i like you know atmosphere and stuff. <laughs> probably screwed my eyes up but i'd be like oh, and then and then i was reading near christmas eve uh, on christmas eve i think it was and i looked out and i saw this like red red dot just moving and and I remember thinking I've I've seen plenty of planes and that was weird. But uh whether or not it was a UFO, I don't know. And then I did see some three like three really weird lights once when I was um came out of a nightclub when I was at university I'd been drinking. But I don't think that necessarily means you are <laughs> Um but I looked up and I just saw these weird lights going. But I've never I've never really seen a UFO that I could I could say for sure. Me and my daughter saw one the other night. Like we saw a light in the sky and it was just driving home from CERN. It was instantly like, let's chase it. <laughs> so I was driving around the streets, you know, trying to track it down, but it disappeared. Probably a plane.
1: I did that once with my friends on bikes when we were children. We were tracking some lights in the sky. I couldn't figure out where they were coming from. Finally ended up in a field. This is the middle of the night. It was a rave. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah wow some somebody was having a rave out in the middle of the countryside somewhere (laughs) and then you've got these like these you know i think there was about maybe six or seven of us on little bicycles riding around in the middle of the night trying to find these lights and then you just get you know a bunch of eight-year-olds turning up at a rave
2: (laughs) (laughs) but but all i'd like the different reports particularly the the stuff that's come out with from the washington post and 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 CNN covered it and all the other like major things in, in the Pentagon discussing. Uh, actual UAP, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, and seeing things, and, and you know, military personnel seeing these tic-tacks coming up out of the water, and all these sorts of things. I mean, that 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 to me is uh, it's very difficult to just dismiss that as they're making it up or they're lying. Mm. So they're seeing something, but the question is, of course, is it are they seeing some sort of advanced technology? And 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 ov- obviously, obviously, a d- technology has to be way more advanced than it is to the public because you can't just suddenly invent. An invisible space, an invisible plane. You can't invent it like that and then make it public. You have to test it and all those sorts of things. So it's quite possible, I suppose. There are, well, I'm sure it's possible. It, it's probable and, and plausible to say the technology that exists on the planet right now is way, way beyond what we think we're capable of. But you have to keep it secret from mm. other governments and stuff. <laughs> and then, and then the theory is, of course, sometimes you have to leak stories that. Um, may make other governments think, "Oh crap! They have, they have a submersible craft that can come, that can come in and out and can change angle at, at high velocities." And so it could be a propaganda exercise to frighten foreign governments. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's all pretty pretty wacky. But at the end of the day, it's almost I always like to say this: like if you're hanging, you know, if if you're hanging out with other paranormally type people two o'clock in the morning you're sitting there drinking your whiskey or whatever and you just ask the question well which one would you want to be true if it could be proved tomorrow it was would it be ufos would it be bigfoot would it be fairies would it be ghosts would it be god and out of those things well fairies i mean would be fascinating and also it would prove me you know educate me a bit aliens would be fascinating and also So would Bigfoot, but none of those have a personal impact on me and my family. It's just, oh, how interesting Bigfoot exists, but who cares? If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, (laughs) I'll die on the street knowing Sasquatch is real. Big deal. (laughs) You know what I mean? Big deal. However, the one with ghosts, if if ghosts are real, then that is, wow, you know, maybe there is something else. And maybe when I die, there's, there's, there's a possibility of life after death. But even then even the people who see ghosts as a hopeful
0: it's still scary
2: it's still scary yeah so what happens if the afterlife is literally just reliving your worst moment over and over again for all eternity and sadly or frighteningly looking and t- turning people's candles upside down you know what i mean mm. like it's, it, it's so there's a there's a, there's a very vague hopefulness in in the the hypothesis that ghosts exist, I get it, and I'm attracted to it because of it. The God hypothesis, the reason why I'm kind of moved towards that, is because there is a character of involved and a character of who cares and loves and honors everybody and forgives and 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 there's just an and you can call it complete crap, of course, and it might be, but that if that's true, it means I'm not alone. It means that we have a have a a creator and a carer yeah. and um, a future that's hopeful and uh, you know that there's if it's true it, it just has a lot of cool extra stuff unless you're a super tra- traditionalist of course and you, get, you think well what about hell <laughs> and that sort of stuff and
0: pitchforks to the anus
2: pitchforks to- <laughs> yeah you might need to explain to your listeners oh, why you suddenly said that um yeah, I did. A yeah. Talk. Sorry.
0: We, we had this um, conversation before I hit record. So Brian, yeah. <laughs> Peter, yeah. why 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 was there a picture of you on Twitter with standing in front of a sign saying pitchfork to the <laughs> anus? <laughs> um, well, that was because I,
2: uh, I recently did a talk for London Month of the Dead on the subject of hell. And um, so I was speaking at Guy's Hospital in Chapel in London. And um, I thought. I originally thought it would be funny to call the talk pitchfork to the anus because, for some reason, whenever I think of hell, I, I my mind instantly brings up kind of medieval imagery and Hieronymus Bosch, and always somewhere in the picture there's some there's some pitiful weeping dude getting stabbed in the in the backside by a by a demon or something. So I thought let's call it pitchfork to the anus. But then I figured that um, if you call it that, maybe. People might mistake it as being a weird SNM event and uh, I wouldn't want to disappoint them. So I called it go to hell glimpses of the abyss instead.
1: Very um, title. Not quite hasn't, doesn't quite have that glamour of, as a uh, pitchfork to the anus. No.
2: And, and, it lo- and it looks good. On a um on a on a massive screen, they gave me like a massive screen. So behind me, it's it's blocked to the anus, like super, super, super big. And I shared I shared some pictures of um Buddhist hell on there, and this it's so intense, man. Obviously, I didn't have actual pictures of real Buddhist hell. I mean, there's a there's a park in thailand which is almost like a theme park of a hell theme park yes i've pe-
1: heard of it i think i've seen that on a documentary yeah,
2: yeah it's so intense it was
1: intense yeah yeah
2: and i sh- so it's just got lots of kind of wooden figures um of people being kind of disemboweled by vultures and hands chopped off there's a one where there's a, like a woman sitting there with her legs open and there's this guy with this, this massive spike just like going into and there's just blood all over her, uh, between her legs it's really messed up
1: a lovely yeah. day out for all the family <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. yeah, that's right. Who needs Disney when you got Buddhist hell?
0: I think we've covered all the themes. Yeah. Are you ready for some questions from the fans of Eerie Essex?
2: Yeah, please do. Let's see see where we go.
0: There's a few sensible ones. Okay, I'll try a and there's some there's some repeated, so I'll sort of like right. amalgamate them into one. Okay, how do you feel about the name you've been given, Reference was
2: Reference wars. I, I sometimes find it a bit embarrassing. <laughs> um, it's it's flattering, of course, but I don't really see myself that way. So sometimes, when I see yeah, when I see that, I find it funny. Um, sometimes I find it a bit creepy, but in a funny way. And um, but ultimately, it's 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 quite nice, I guess. I have to, I, I have showed my kids a picture of someone had a picture of me on their wall. And I and I and I just thought you've got to realize there's somebody in the world who has a picture of me on their wall,
0: <laughs> more <laughs> than one probably.
2: No, maybe, maybe, yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm only Reverend Fours in very specific lighting and very specific <laughs> angles.
0: You know, in that you, bit in your kitchen over the sink.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you were to see me at every other time in every other way, I'd be Reverend um, Boars. <laughs>
0: <Nice. laughs> can, I,
1: can, I, can I do a? Can I do? one of the sensible ones yes yeah how do you feel about the current resurgence of demonologists
2: Demonolo- well I um I, do, I I I won't go into depth in this because I could but um it's it's just indicative of the fact that I believe the paranormal is a new religion and so it's just a it's a spiritualization of what used to be a, a kind of a scientific quest which is like is there is there evidence of dead spirits but because so many people have left the church and have moved on from Christianity with understandable reasons, because, you know, well, I would go into why, but you understand why people would fall out with the organized religion, but they, they bring their inherent spiritual backgrounds with them. And so you start to see the spiritualization of the paranormal. So ghosts are no longer ghosts, they're demons. And Bigfoot even is no longer just a, Interesting biological curiosity. It could be a spiritual being. People talk about Bigfoot as like materializing or aliens. Interdimensional. Yeah,
0: interdimensional. I've heard yeah. interdimensional. Yeah.
2: Thing. Um aliens. You know, there was a time when aliens were literally just other beings from another planet, which fits perfectly into a scientific worldview. It's, it's wacky, but it, there's no, nothing unscientific about the idea of it. Whereas in since, say, the 70s, the, it's more like they could be our creators, you know, they could be uh gods, and we will meditate and channel them. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's just very, it, it's an indication that we are inherently spiritual people. And again, it's all linguistics, like we're talking wasn't about that, fairies.
1: Wasn't that the idea that Scientology was founded on? Like- yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and that's been fairly influential. But people will mm-hmm. say, "Oh, I'm not a Scientologist," um, and yet they will find. Well, ultimately, ultimately at the end of the day, we 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 have an inherent insecurity and a sense of unwholeness. There's something kind of missing. There's something to put back together. And um, I think the paranormal can supply that, but in a very vague way, which is partly attraction. Because you know, if you go to church. Not only are you asking spiritual questions, you're also having a kind of moral framework presented to you. You know, I love your enemies, or or whatever, and you're like, oh crap, I've got to do that. Um, whereas if you're into UFOs and stuff like that, you don't necessarily have any of that expectation. So you can have the spirituality without the expect, without the framework, but that's not for a second and I- say this very seriously it's not for a second to suggest that people who are into the paranormal and don't go to church are therefore not moral people that's not what i'm saying in fact they're often a lot more moral than church people just saying there's uh yeah there's a reason i think why demonology is big bigger and you watch ghost hunting shows and paranormal shows on tv and it's it's demons and that's i think the influence of church um exodus (laughs) Try to, try ask to that question. Yeah, go. Hit me.
0: This is this is from the lawmen. So uh this is from oh, yeah. James Shakespeare and Alistair Beckett King. What hair products do you use? <laughs> uh,
2: shampoo. I'm um, classic shampoo with a bit of conditioner. I I I, I sometimes engage in a pomade. <laughs> or perhaps even just a simple wax. And uh, um yeah, I that's about it really
0: yeah and on on the back of that how do you feel about losing to Danny Robbins in the uncanny community hair competition
2: well I'm I, I've been too angry to talk about it until now <laughs> no no I'm fine I was I was I was very proud um to have even been considered in the top three I voted for um Dave who was in the top three there so I should have voted for myself really but you know I didn't but Danny I'm sorry it, well. For, this is uh, this interview is done. <laughs> um, no, no um, yeah, it was. It, I, I, I'm coping with it. Thank you that I didn't win.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll leave Elsa to a sensible question. Yeah, um,
2: you both got nice hair, by the way.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> if you were in Tudor close and you happened to meet uh, Elizabeth Dacre, what would you want to talk to her about? This is uh, from. Uh, I'm not sure who this is from. Actually, it was in the Uncanny Community group. All right. <laughs> Can you remind me? Uh, Tudor Tudor Close is the one with the time slip in the old lady who waits on the bench.
0: Wasn't Uh, Peter one of the experts on that? Yeah. (laughs) No, I
2: wasn't an expert on that episode, I'm afraid. And so. That would have been embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't on that episode and I actually have not heard that episode. So I haven't heard them all. I'm afraid. I will
1: skip that question. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Sorry about that.
1: That's fine. Oh, I got one.
0: In a discussion of the minds, who would you like to pit yourself against? Kieran O'Keefe, Evelyn Hollow. And we're a bit confused about how this is worded. We don't know whether it means your choice of third person, but it says insert third person. So uh, (laughs) we don't quite know what that involves. But do you want to have a fight with Kieran O'Keefe, Evelyn Hollow, or insert a third person? Um.
2: Well, let's insert a third person, so I don't have to offend two people. Um, I, I, I do find myself to be a, a natural, naturally contrary person, um, but that's just the way I learn. And so it just depends on who. So if I was to sit here with someone who was totally slagging off skeptics, I would find myself sticking up for the skeptics. And if it was the other way around, I, I would I would do the same. That's because uh, I, I I like to listen from all angles and that's why I'm it can get frustrating, you know, people can get frustrated with me because I'm so grey on things, but that's I think it's a respectable place to be, kind of unsure. And so I, it kind of depends on who I'm with. So anybody I'd be happy to kind of debate, but ultimately I I'm I'm prepared to say I'm I could be completely wrong. So the third person to Yeah, so I suppose what I'm saying is if I was sitting with Kieran or with Evelyn and discussing things, I'd probably find a lot to agree with, but to learn I think I would try to offer the other view and just see what comes out of the, the exchange. But I, I find everything interesting and everyone's opinion fascinating. It doesn't mean I, I condone everything, you know, like I'm not pro-murder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like okay. If I sat with a murderer, if I sat with someone who said, I think we should ban murder, I'd probably be, oh, okay, I agree. <laughs> There's certain things I don't want to argue against, I can't help it. Mm. but.
1: One of somebody had the question: Do you have a favorite or meaningful location in the UK? Like any place where you've gone and experienced something? I guess like um, the church you were talking about earlier. Or... Oh
2: yeah, a favorite. Does it have to be in the UK? Or
1: they did specifically say the UK, but I'm I'm going to okay. let you. I'm going to let you you pick outside of the country. <laughs> well, it's just I mean, um, Disney World.
0: Yeah, uh, is
2: just <laughs> a, a very important thing in my life that I especially went especially after
0: Dis- did that episode
2: you did oh yeah i did an episode of, of of the dark side of disney where like you know little kids oh. getting their feet ripped off on rides yeah. and stuff which is a bit rough but no um when i went to disney world with my family in florida two years ago or so and went to the epcot center particularly but, but i i oh, really God. oh it's amazing and it's and like i was doing some meditating the other day and they were saying you know think think of a place that's meaningful to you a place that could even feel like heaven on earth and i was like epcot center (laughs) but
1: that's because if that if that was me i'd think disney world as well but i'd think typhoon lagoon
2: (laughs) oh yeah yeah those sorts of yes yeah there's something really wonderful about those places that are just i i'm quite happy to have pumped in positivity you know when people say oh don't like americans because they say have a nice day and i'm Mm. like i like that I, i like the um, I hope you're having a great day. <laughs>
1: There's a word for what Disney is, and I it's a, it's a subject I used to study, and the word has gone completely out of my brain, but it means something like more th- hyper-real, hyper-realism.
2: Yes. And that's
1: what Disney is. It's more real than, than the thing that they're projecting. So yeah. like Typhoon Lagoon is like 1960s surf beach mm-hmm. hangout, and yes. it's more that than that original thing would have been. Yeah, um, And that's what Epcot is as well. Each one mm-hmm. of those countries is the absolute distilled version of all of its cliches yeah, but in the most lovely way. Yes. Um, and that's, I think that's sort of like, I because I get that when I've been to Disney, I've been a few times because I've got family out there oh, okay. and I get that every time. You just feel like you don't want to leave because it feels more specifically real <laughs> and like <Yeah>. nicer.
2: <laughs> yes. And, and I think that's a really good point. And I think part of it is, I really like the fact that it's 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 made by people Mm. Um, like even though it's so some people hate it because it's so fake. You know, all the trees and everything is all like landscaped and it's all been organized. But I love that. I love the, 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 the fakeness of it, weirdly, because it makes me think people have been involved in this. And so it feels like you're in something that is definitely created. Um, And I don't know if that's got something to do with my spirituality or what, but you're like, wow, like this, this is an expression of like human creativity and I'm in the midst of it and I I absolutely love it. So, so I, I, yeah, Disney in in the UK, I suddenly thought of a place, which is, which I I really love, which is the Barbican in London, which is a kind of brutalist Mm. housing estate, Mm. but a really posh one. It's, it's millionaires live there. Yeah. And it's just lots of kind of concrete blocks. I really like brutalist architecture. And just like, you know, if you do see an old NCP car park with sort of jutting out concrete, I just think, (laughs) wow, that's a thing that everyone else thinks ugly. So I'm going to love that. And I like Mm. to, I like to like, like the things people dismiss
0: because. I I work work in a brutalist sort of haven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Essex. Yeah, like is, stuff. Uh, Colchester's unfortunately been the brutal. It wasn't exactly brutalism. It's more like the cheap version of brutalism that kind of oh, yeah. did a lot of Colchester in because obviously it's a very historic town. And mm. we had a lot of architecture going for us that was unfortunately then. Swept away in the 60s by a wave of uh, cheap, brutalist buildings. Um, Not to say that we don't still have a lot of it. It's just that uh, the high street kind of suffered from it a lot. Mm -hmm. Essex University was a perfect example of how to do it properly.
2: Yeah, I've seen pictures. Mm. And I think Bethan showed some pictures the other day of it, of the university. And I just think it looks cool because it looks like this 1970s version of the future, like a kind mm. of weird science fiction film. But I appreciate other people look at it and just say, you're a moron for liking <laughs> this stuff because it's ugly. But I, I like I like the idea of ugly being beautiful. This is a weird thing. Like, I've always been like this. I remember when I was growing up and, you know, like you're at school and you start like fancying girls, well, boys, girls or whatever you're into. um, Animals, I don't know. <laughs> no, probably not Animals. <laughs> I was trying to be inclusive um but boys girls whatever you're into and um i i remember that um so i i there would be girls at school i'd really fancy and i go oh wow she's she's great I, you know well wow. um but then sometimes it would it would be the ones that i really didn't fancy that i just was fascinated by i i would see them and i and i just go i i keep looking at them <laughs> and just think wow what what is it about you that i i i don't feel attracted to isn't that really fascinating? <laughs> um, and I would, there would be this weird kind of, I don't know, like an appreciation of the thing that you dismiss. Like, I think this is all about include. is yes, everyone's included, you know, uh, everything's included, concrete's included, people are included. Yes. Yeah, anyway, sorry, going off on one there.
1: <laughs> oh, that was a really interesting little sidetrack. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Bethan, do you have any, any more? are we, have we run out of Questions we can air in a PG way. Yeah, no, I'm going to leave some of them. Like, <laughs> what have I you mean, got? Some I'll, I'll, 18 I, certificate I, ones. We really well, did. Skip past. What <laughs> you
0: keep in your tabernacle? I think we'll leave that. That was one time. of the more less. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, like, I, I it was
2: our fault. I
0: would never.
1: I would never ask an inappropriate question. Um, oh half, no, no. You we only so. half encouraged it on the last episode to send us all kinds of questions. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't have a tabernacle, I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Now. Yeah, I have two a, people with I EDS who've got brain fog all the time.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, have you got yeah. it too?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow, you guys are like twins. Like, whoa. <laughs> and does that not hurt?
0: No.
1: Well, that uh, one does. You can that, you
0: can do that... that weird hand thing. Yeah, that. No, is Peter the... can Peter can put his hands in a prayer position behind his back. Oh, oh yeah, I, I can, can do yeah, that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
2: sort of these sort of things. So it's probably a bit crap for the podcast listeners at home. We're currently uh we'll put this buddies. in the
0: after hours edition.
2: Oh, yeah okay.
0: Can you put
1: your leg behind your head?
2: No. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, get my foot to my face, but these these
1: are some of the questions we were sent. <laughs> no, this is just off the top of my
0: head.
2: It's it's what the world wants to know.
0: <laughs> it is what the world wants to yeah. Know. Yeah, my 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 one I had at the beginning. This is the last one, and then we'll let you okay go and do what you do when you're not Again, after doing this, this. I'm
2: going to watch um, Gilmore girls with my kid.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. Cause I hate I everybody in it, but I like the town.
2: <laughs> oh, the town's gorgeous. Yeah. Hyper
1: real. It's hyper real. It's yeah. Hyper and, real. Uh,
2: we've been there. Uh, we went there. Um, When we went to, we toured um, Warner Brothers studios when they were making Gilmore girls. And I'd never heard of Gilmore girls. You went girls to Stars Hollow. Yes. And we will, cause it, it's a place where everything, you know, every, um, Loads of things. Everybody were filmed knows there. your name. <laughs> in the Warner Wrong Brothers lot. <laughs> I know. Um, and, uh, and and there was a little shop what where you could the go team? in, you could buy clothes off the rack, and they had these all had labels saying Gilmore Girls. So they were just clothes that were from people on the show. Oh and, I, and I was God. like, I've never heard of Gilmore Girls, but now I've been watching it with my kid, one of my kids. <laughs> well, how do we go there?
0: <laughs> well, you've just said something really sweet, and now I'm going to take it straight back down to Snunt. I'm sorry. No, go for but... it uh cuz you know I've been having a conversation with you about the folklore of swinging.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. An open conversation by the way, listeners, not like Yeah, not just like
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: this is, uh, like it started from.
0: Yeah, cuz it, it started out that um I didn't know that there was this thing about um the signs of swinging being Pampas grass in the front garden and white painted rocks and a pineapple on your doormat or a pineapple on your t-shirt. You know and then this whole uh, yeah well I live I think I won't well actually, no. You know people might be listening who live here but I live on an old 70s estate and there mm. are still some pampas grass or white painted stones in front gardens and it's like mm, do they oh, do they could
2: be, could be.
0: apparently a thermos in your caravan as well as well in the window really but
1: anyway this I, I digress I'm just because you know you're saying about, about... my neighbours like just like well yeah blown. you all
0: yes
2: yeah I'm just oh, just moving my thermos off the window <laughs>
0: That sounds like a euphemism.
2: (laughs) Not on the window.
0: (laughs) We won't ask where it is. But, (laughs) you know, you were saying about running through a forest and wanting to and finding that idea
2: fun. Oh, do you mean like pretending you're getting chased chased by things?
0: Do you mean? Yeah, I didn't know there was something. I was talking to, let me shout out to Aaron Bobbick from the Appalachian Folklore Podcast. It was, we were just chatting one night about stuff and then i brought up this whole thing because apparently my, jack tells me off for it apparently i just bring up swinging with everyone even though i'm not a swinger i just find it fascinating oh, that there are these that. rules and etiquette seen do it's this. very yeah i will just bring it up with anyone <laughs> seen d- oh i see. when you <laughs> no, <yeah. the> swing <laughs> We, no, we... She, brought it, she,
1: brought it, she brought it up with Joe Hickey Hall. Oh, I see.
0: Joe I... loved it. She wants, yeah, to, she, did. she wants to do a study now on fairies in dogging areas because I brought it up. Well, those poor fairies. Just no, apparently they're attracted to sexual to... energy and she kept. Br- oh, we kept really? bringing up these places. And I was like, that's a well-known dogging area. That's it a might... well-known dogging <laughs> area. It might
2: help them build their Anyway, again, kingdoms.
0: I digress. <laughs>
2: know, no, I mean like the power, like, wouldn't it be interesting if the power of dogging or Kingdom something comes. somehow was kind of energizing the fairy folk? And it suddenly turned out like they were real. And the, the thing that like unlocked this this whole magical experience was like sort of freaky people having sex with each other and like an Austin ambassador. Well,
0: <laughs> you have to listen, you have to listen to our fairy episode because there is an encounter where a couple were Hiding the, the dog. cucumber in a forest, and um, they were Is that surrounded by or these, literal, I don't know <laughs> it, they, it they were occultists, and both. they were having some rumpy pumpy against an, el, uh, an oak tree. And <laughs> yeah, Ouch. so no, but I was talking to Aaron, and he said, Well, have you ever heard of hashing? Have you heard of hashing? No,
2: I don't uh, remember you mentioning hashing the other day, but I can't remember what it was.
0: Again, see this is just a perfect example of how I will just start conversations randomly yeah. out of nowhere. What is it then? What things. is it? Well apparently it's uh it started in English rugby clubs. People would go to a forest and all drive there and then slip into group. I mean, listeners, if I'm wrong about this, please tell me. But then there would be symbols and signs at certain points where you'd have to do something like take off a piece of clothing or do something with your fellow people and then you could move on to the next bit and there'll be people watching to make sure you did it. It was almost like a hanky-panky relay race. LARPing. well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we're crossing lots of boundaries here. (laughs) And then it would all culminate in, what was it you used in your episode? An explosive orgy.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That that was an interesting day of uh, sound design.
0: (laughs) It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who wants to hear what an explosive orgy sounds like, what episode was it?
2: Um, it was Doreen Irving, Queen of the Black Witches, an English yeah. woman who claimed to be the the Queen of all the Black Witches in the sixties, and, and you uh, she beautifully big,
0: soundscaped. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she used to go Dartmoor. out and have like
2: crazy big, big mass orgies on Dartmoor, and uh, I, 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 I didn't really want to Google orgy. <laughs> to try and find sound effects. so i i pulled together other sounds and added some other sounds to it and sounded pretty convincing to me
0: did you do any sounds yourself
2: I, yeah I, maybe i can't remember i don't think so not like oh yeah not like sort of full-on sounds like that but i i did i, I can't remember
0: i don't think what do so. your neighbors think of you i mean like, so, like you, you... thankfully
2: we don't have any like close like that close because so, yeah, because like like I had I did a thing about a, a, a man who put a hex on Hitler in in the fifties. He was this really interesting um, travel writer called William Seabrook, and he's the the guy who popularized the word zombie.
1: Oh, um, I was just listening to that episode.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, in the second part of that episode, I had to get my kids in to help me do the uh the the chant. Hex against Hitler. So they they literally come in from school and I'm like, kids, come in here in a sec. I just need you all to say this. And we're we gathered around this microphone going, We curse you, Hitler. We send you back to the grave on Saturday. And then we finished, and they were like, Can we go now? I was like, Yeah, cool. Thanks. Brilliant. So yes, it's life podcaster, I suppose. Sorry, hashing. So did you finished the hashing thing.
0: Apparently, it's now think that's a, that's it an thing end. in America. God. Yeah, but I've never heard of it, even though it started here, and now it's in America. And I don't know why I brought it up. But there's like that sort of like symbolism, and like people follow. It. It's like an erotic paper trail, or
2: yeah, I just yeah, find I... it
0: fascinating that there's this un, this like sort of like erotic folklore of Britain that <laughs> just seeps out.
2: You're right. I mean, literally. it is it's it is a it is an untapped kind of area of folklore research i suppose um but what 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 when does something become folklore i don't you know what defines
0: well i think this is it we're passing it along orally i'll, I'll rephrase that we're, <laughs> but but we're like, passing but it, it along in stories and it's it's becoming like this sort of urban legend what is it what's the difference between an urban legend and folklore they're very similar it's mm, things that are passed yeah. along but um i just find it fascinating that he knew about it in north carolina mm. and apparently it's Become quite big over there. Yeah. And it started over here and I never heard of it. Look, mm. why would I hear of it? It's not like get invited. <laughs> but you saying you wanted to run through woods made me think yeah. of
2: that. I got an email a little while back from somebody who said, uh, can you please send me a video of yourself in a Vickers outfit? And wow. um and I was like, uh and I was about to contact the person and say no. Um, and then they contacted me like half an hour later and said, I'm very sorry for sending me that sending you me that message but i'm a gay man from finland
1: <laughs> like like that's an explanation of yeah all like, oh, right well if that's the
2: case i'll i'll get my camera going now like, it's like oh okay and i just was like oh all right then i politely said well thanks i, for th- your
0: I didn't hear any of that because i froze oh yeah did you do it no no oh. no
2: i didn't he didn't offer money. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Okay, I
0: didn't if um, oh, heat, any of our listeners follow us on up. Patreon, if you follow us on Patreon, we'll promise we'll provide a photo of um, Peter <laughs> in his vicar's outfit.
2: No, I don't have one. I, I, I literally don't have one. I, I kind of get a bit. Um, I'm, I'm not really that keen on the whole minister thing. Um, because these days, I, I, I really spend most of my time doing like writing and, and podcasting stuff. And even though I do some chaplaincy and stuff here and there, I, I, I'm not, i not, I don't run a church anymore. I used to, and, and I kind of tell people that, but you know, but people like to mention Reverend and I do have Rev on my Twitter handle, Rev Peter laws, you know, you kind of start with a handle and you sort of stick with it. But I, I increasingly as I grow old, I, I, I don't really, and I never used to really, I don't like the idea of being kind of the guy, the, the spiritual guide in the room. People do, sometimes act differently once they find out that i'm ordained and they oh i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that or they apologize for swearing or yeah there's an interesting still there's still an elevation for some people into a, you think you're in authority and then or there's an instant demotion where they think oh you're one of them so you're probably this so you probably you're, you're probably against me being gay or something and i'm like oh, I'm, i don't mind hello hooray for you you know So, um. Yeah, I, nice. I kind of wish, I could drop that label sometimes.
0: Okay, but, well, I think we've got everything out of you. We can.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's been it's been quite a quite a journey.
1: <laughs> it's been two hours. Yes, I actually, did. that was one question I was going to ask you, and I kept on forgetting. Do you still get free MOTs?
2: <laughs> no, only uh, I moved away from the Aww. from the town, but I did get them for maybe about five or six years, yeah. and it became the the best apparently the Uh top MOT garage in St Albans. Um, But, yeah, I don't live there anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's been educational, (laughs) fun. I feel a better person. (laughs) I feel like I've
1: I've just been down a very long rabbit hole and I've just sort of come back up again. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, I still feel like I'm down there. I'm just like... (laughs) And if anybody wants to listen to Peter's podcast, as we said, it's um, Our Curious Past, Frightful, Frightful. Creepy Cove Community Church, The Books Frighteners, um, Purged. Um, I'm impressed. your books. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
2: I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that you remember those. Yeah, um, Purged.
0: Well, I uh, have them on my bookcase. Oh, yeah.
2: Purged, Unleashed, Severed. And possessed. There are all books about an ex-church minister turned atheist professor who helps the police solve religiously motivated crimes. And in the first book, he's on the trail of a Christian evangelical serial killer who thinks the best thing to do is to baptize people and then murder them immediately afterwards so that they can be fast tracked to heaven. Otherwise they may lose their faith. So he thinks he's doing a nice thing, but he's actually a raging psychotic. So yeah, that's um
0: Yeah, that first chapter was pretty grim. Yeah. That's pretty grim. it was good, good, grim. Well,
2: thank you for um, having me, everyone. And thank that. you so much
1: for coming on the show. Yes, it's been it's been so enjoyable. So it's goodbye from Ailsa. It's goodbye from Bethan.
2: And it's goodbye from Peter.
1: Bye.
2: Bye. Bye-bye.
0: If you'd like to get in contact with us with a story of your own or any more information about what we've discussed in this episode, you can reach us at eerieessexpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Or if you'd like to contact us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram under the handle Erie Essex. On Twitter, we are under Erie underscore Essex. You can also find us on Patreon and Coffee if you'd like to support the podcast.